Welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced as all things should be. My name is Isaac Edlin. I'm your host tonight, and I have one other Infinity Bro with me. It's Infinity Bro Zane. Hey, oh, happy to be here. We're having fun. It's another Zane and Isaac mess around. Let's go. It's been Zane and Isaac mess around for the past like seven episodes or something like that. Like, your- I, I feel like we're setting a, a record for s- the same yeah. cast members on the Infinity Rose podcast for like episodes in a row. Right. I was well that's what I was going to ask like how's your back doing? I know my back's starting to get a little sore yeah, carrying all this. It's tiring man just you know <laughs> supporting the Infinity Bros uh, among all their un- other endeavors, you know, Zane and Isaac yep. just keeping the show going, man. That's right. It's keeping tough, the flame. but some, somebody's got to do it. So someone has are. to do it keeping the flame alive. Keeping the flame alive. There you go. Uh welcome if you're a new listener, make sure you check out theinfinitybros.com for checking out uh, all of our Infinity Bros uh, links and needs. You can get some sweet merch there. Also, you know, I haven't done this for a while, Zane, but we have a lot of cool um, partners that we work with and stuff like that. So I'm just going to we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping here. I'm just going to mention those. Um, so we work with this amazing coffee company called Many Worlds Tavern. If you use code the Infinity Bros, you can get a 10% discount on a, uh, a bag of coffee. And for me and Jarrett, especially Jarrett's like the guy who dove headfirst into this partnership because he's the one drinking coffee at like 9 p.m. when we're <laughs> recording. So he's the one that's literally Many Worlds Tavern Coffee is keeping him going. But they're an awesome company, like focused on gaming. Um, I have this Many Worlds Tavern uh basically magic token that I got with my last bag of coffee that I ordered. And it's really cool. It gives you a little bit of info about the, the bag of coffee that you ordered. And then in the back, it's literally a magic token. Um, this one currently is a knight with uh two, two vigilance. So pretty cool. And I've by forced been getting into magic more and more with Jarrett and Robbie dragging the Infinity Bros podcast into Magic the Gathering content creation. So <laughs> so I'll probably be using it eventually, but, you know, just got to keep storing up those tokens. So check out Many Worlds Tavern, code the Infinity Bros for 10% off. Next one is one that Robbie got recently. Uh, it's Entertainment Earth, uh, which is a mostly kind of like a toy company. Uh, they, they have a lot of stuff on their website. So we'll have all of these links in the show notes as well. But you can get... off with code infinity at entertainment earth. Um, Robbie specifically has been promoting the uh, uh, commander precon decks that they have there, but they also have Funko pops, which I feel like would be Robbie's jam to promote. Um, Robbie's like big Funko pop guy. I believe he's got over 300 or he did at one point uh, Funko pops in his collection. And I remember Zane when he moved into his new house or it's not new anymore, but the house they're currently living in, he literally had totes of Mm -hmm. unboxed Funko Pops, like totes full (laughs) of Funko Pops that were unboxed, like boxed, take up a lot of space, right? Unboxed, not so much, (laughs) but he's literally got totes full of unboxed Funko Pops. So, yeah, he might need to go to Entertainment Earth and order some more at some point, so. Um, but yeah, code infinity for 10% off. Um, and then also we are currently working on a partnership with ripped apparel. We are, um, currently at, uh, I don't know if you call them ambassadors. We'll say, we'll say partners, uh, but level of hell, 
uh, which is kind of like their base level. But we're working on improving that level so we can get you guys a code for uh, 10% off or something like that for Ripped Apparel. Because Zane and I already promo Ripped Apparel, even without like being partnered with them. So we're like, right. hey, <laughs> we should just partner with them. So then we can like actually promote it and like, you know, do something with it. But I'm, I'm currently wearing a Ripped shirt right now. The like Cage Fighter. fighter. Uh, that's awesome. That's my, my favorite one right now. It's so, it's so fun. It's so but, good. Yeah, it's, they have some amazing shirt designs that are combos of like different areas of pop culture and and nerd fandoms and stuff like that really awesome designs and zane you've you've how many ripped apparel shirts have you purchased over the years zane just rough guesstimate oh man it (laughs) he's like ashamed right now (laughs) it's got to be close to 100 wow i i literally have a black garbage bag full of shirts (laughs) <laughs> that I just because like they're from I really need to go through it because they're from like my early days of buying ripped shirts. Buying them. Yeah, Zane's an OG. Like Zane, yeah, Zane got on board before they hit it big. And so like you can even just start going through the shirts and you can see all the different sections of the years of like all the times they've switched like their shirt maker and like who they get their product from. And yeah. it and like you can see the quality of the shirts change and everything that, through the years, but literally of all the the old ones, because I think I bought my first ripped shirt in twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. Wow! But yeah, all those, college, yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, legit. I have an entire trash bag full, like I said, that I need to go through. That's just ripped shirts. We're gonna be making some content based on that giant garbage bag of rip. We can we can make at some point. Yeah, we can make plenty. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, anyways, those are uh, some of our partners that we wanted to shout out. Uh, you can always go to theinfinitybros.com to get linked up with any of those, and we'll have uh, some links in the show notes as well for you guys to check out. So, all right, guys, we're gonna dive into our episode here. We're gonna talk about two big things. Number one is Loki, uh, just premiered couple weeks ago the third episode is dropping tonight as we speak 10 19 um we're currently not there yet and we already had so much to talk about so we were just like you know what (laughs) let's just (laughs) limit ourselves to two episodes of loki on this episode and then we'll we'll recap another two episodes in the next one so we are talking about loki and then we're going to be talking about the last episode of ahsoka and kind of a season recap as well so we do have a special rating system on the Infinity Bros podcast. We're going to tell you about that right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible, and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an infinity step. And we're also going to be spoiling Loki and Ahsoka. If you haven't watched either of those shows, make sure you pause this episode, go do that right now, and then come back, and then you can listen to our review of it. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. So that was your official spoiler warning. We'll just say for Loki right now, because obviously we're going to talk about Soka a little bit later, but... Loki um, season one, a couple years ago now already, which is kind of wild to think about that, that we're already, 
you know, several years removed from that first season. Just to recap, Zane, what were your thoughts on season one? Like, what would you rate season one? And where does it scale on your list of like MCU TV shows? Um, that's a good question. Cause yeah, now, like you said, it's like, yeah, it's been a couple of years since I've watched that. Cause I was not the one to go back and watch through it. Like I probably should have, especially just the, the nature of this show probably would have been really helpful <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, uh, for real. I guess without dropping on a straight rating, like I'd say it's, it's definitely in the top of what we've had for MCU shows. Um, if not the top, um, just because the content, everything it dealt with, and and really everything that was in it did so much to kind of set up what was coming with like Phase Four, with everything with Kane. Like you, you really, they were like that was the first show that you felt like, hey, this is going to really tie into the movies. And now, granted, everything else has started to play out, and you're just like, is this still what's happening? You know, you got a bunch of real world stuff going on. Um, with Jonathan Major, you know, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. as far as, like, the implication stuff go, that season, like, it was very well done. It was very, like, yeah, you had the speculation. And, of course, um, it's just the, the characters, the cast, it, like, it was a very fun show to watch. Mm-hmm. So, like, season one still gets high bidding to me. Yeah, I, like I said, it's, it's top of the shows, if not the top. I guess I would have to kind of re-go through everything kind of recollect but it's definitely in the top of all of them okay i think i'm i'm right there with you and i actually did go back and rewatch loki season one before uh season two dropped and before my rewatch i think i had it at number two and i had moon knight at number one and i i i really liked moon knight and a lot of people kind of had issues with the pacing and with uh um, a lot of different things in that show. And Loki, kind of similar. I think some people had issues with pacing season one. But after going back and rewatching season one and like kind of knowing, you know, the story and, you know, knowing the direction the MCU is going, blah, 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 all that stuff. Loki's definitely my number one uh, show now. Like it definitely leapfrogged Moon Knight after my rewatch. I'd still give it a 5.5 out of six, I think. I don't think it sits like if I were ranking movies and projects together, I don't think Loki cracks my top five. It's not like six out of six, like the best thing ever type of thing, but it it might crack my top 10, like the very bottom of my top 10, like somewhere in that range. Like it's 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 solid. It's really good. And the, like you said, the cast, fantastic. Um, Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Phenomenal in season one and it just it continues in season two but anyways like yeah i think i think season one was great personally now after that rewatch my favorite mcu show so and and there's been so much stuff coming out too with like the mcu kind of how they did these shows i mean we've been harping on them ever since wandavision honestly with the, the format and like how they're trying to cram so much into like these six episode form like show show formats and they it came out that they didn't have tv showrunners they just treated it like a big movie which you know is like that is one way to do it but obviously it didn't work for a lot of these shows so it is interesting looking back at that now and being like okay 
I can appreciate Loki a lot more than some of these other Disney Plus shows that we've gotten. So it was it was just an interesting look back. And another thing is that Loki season two starts literally the second that season one stops. So that was another helpful thing to like go back and be like, oh, okay, I get it now. I get where we're at in the story. So, all right, let's go back. I'm not, we're not going to go scene by scene because I feel like we just have too much to talk about. (laughs) But it, like I said, it starts basically the second that the last season stops. Loki gets back to what he thinks is the main universe or the main TVA or whatever. And he races to go find Mobius only to find that Mobius has no clue who he is. This was a pretty wild way to start out the episode. What do you think about that? Yeah, because you're like, that's kind of what immediately came back since they picked it up, you know, right from where season one ended. It was, yeah, it was such a cliffhanger. You're like, what's going on? How is this going to get explained? And I thought the episode did a good job. Episode did a good job of like, it it still carried that feeling of like, all right, we're, we still don't know what's going on. Like you didn't get like immediate resolution on it. And you still kind of had that panic, that confusion, trying to kind of get the gears going again. And then it kind of eased you along, kind of got it going of like, all right, you're figuring this out at the same pace as the characters in the show are figuring it out. Yeah. And I thought they did a good job of that. Yeah. And so we kind of go through the, the rest of that episode and into episode two, and we're getting Loki time slipping, right? Like back and forth between time, apparently in the TVA, but it's, it's different because like, so right away, how season one ends is Loki comes back to the TVA and he sees that giant like Kang statue, like in the, whatever the library that he's in. Right. So, right off the bat, things are different. He goes back and forth between like the past and the future of the TVA or whatever. And he's finding that there are like differences. Like there's some of, I think the main line or the sacred timeline or whatever, uh, King stuff is not as prevalent. Like, I think it's still there, but like we find out, I believe it's in episode two where he like stabs the, the wall and it reveals like the mural or the the king like head statues in in that like judge room or whatever. So like something feels weird about this. Like they say that he's time sleeping, going past future. Just I don't know, man. Are you fully trusting what they're trying to lead us to believe right now, or does this feel something feel off to this about you to you about it? I know better than to trust anything that's happening in this show. <laughs> yeah, true. Because it's just like anytime, yeah, you're getting into anything with multiverse, anything with alternate timeline. Because yeah, and now you're introducing the whole like, hey, this is the past, the future, like the so like, and you got so many moving pieces like that. You're just like, I I don't know how you can hold your hat on anything because like even if you feel like, you know, you feel like you have an idea of what it's zeroed in on they could easily flip it to something else because again you're still in the point of like oh timelines oh time travel like it could easily like it could easily be altered so you're just like all right what's 
you, you think you might start to be comfortable of like, hey, this is what's going on. And then they could immediately just flip it another direction. And you think we would have learned our lesson with, especially with us at the Infinity Bros podcast, going <laughs> so deep into those WandaVision <laughs> conspiracy right. theories. And like just about every single one of them being busted. <laughs> they're just learn our lesson by now, right? <laughs> they're just so much fun. <laughs> it you can't fun. help it. Yeah. You're right. It is fun. It's fun to go deep into those. And I feel like now, well, me and you, I feel like we've never had a problem with this. It's the that Mark, Mark and Max combo that it's like they just get so deep into the weeds. And when none of that turns out to be true, Max in particular gets a little upset by that. <laughs> so I, I'm hoping Max learned his lesson by now. And we'll see. I, I know he's been... Um, enjoying loki so far but yeah it's it's been phenomenal i think one thing that's been really cool is the time slipping like we've had a lot of people talk about you know oh the cgi in these marvel projects is not great like blah blah blah. i feel like the time slipping that loki's doing it almost looks feels like the glitching in like spider-verse and stuff like that but that looks phenomenal i i oh, yeah. don't have any issues with that and so far CG has been incredible in this season of Loki. So zero complaints. I mean, do you feel the same way, Zane? Yeah. Yeah, I think everything's actually looked really good, which I think was something that you definitely had to, like, um, kind of work on. Because, like, that's been a big complaint, especially coming into, like, Phase 4 and so much of other stuff you've seen that a lot of people have been really knocking some of the visual effects on stuff and... I mean, I, I guess I don't know all the mechanics behind it or what may, you know, the difference of stuff. But, like, it seems like what they're doing for this show is either if that's getting more of the budget or they just got the good animators working on it. I don't know. Because, like, yeah, the stuff looks good with them, like, glitching the through stuff. I mean, even, like, when you go into the, that, I don't, the name is, the, the next, where the loom, that's what. Oh, the like, loom. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That like looks that looks fa- looks fantastic, mm-hmm. and you're just like, man. I, and this is on a TV show, right? And then you look at what we've gotten for some of the stuff in actual movies, and you're like, well, where was the ball dropped here? And some of the other Disney Plus shows too. Like, oh, right, true. I mean, yeah. regardless on how you feel about about Miss Marvel, like you watch that show and then compare it to. Loki or you know any of the movies it's like man it really does feel like they kind of just skimped on some of this stuff and I don't know man I it's it is refreshing coming back to Loki where I feel like they are focused on because I mean this has got to be a central piece of the story moving forward right because we got he who remains um his whole story starting in season one so they gotta put their money here because this is this is where it's at. If if Loki and and Jonathan Majors as Kang does not work, they might be screwed. I, I don't know. Right. But we'll we'll see how it all ends up playing out. But yeah, I I have not had any problems with CG at all this uh, season so far, and I'm not expecting that to to be a problem moving forward. Um, right. In Loki, especially. And anyway, so. Uh, but yeah, I I think one of the focuses that I want to talk about for both uh, Loki episode one and two is um, Mobius and his relationship with Loki, because I think that was one of the highlights of season one. Owen Wilson. 
I'm still so, so psyched that we have him in the MCU. It's so oh, yeah. Funny. Fantastic. Uh, it's, it's great. And all the stuff that we heard about him being in the MCU, too, that he, like, never watched a Marvel movie before. And I, I don't know if any of that's true or if it was all just people talking and stuff. But, like, he doesn't he doesn't care about the MCU you know, like he, that's not what he's in it for. He's in it for like this role and playing this part that was given to him. And I think that's phenomenal. Like he plays that part so well, him and Tom Hiddleston have just amazing chemistry. Like just yes. let me give me like four seasons of buddy cop, Owen Wilson. Right. <laughs> and, Tom and I'm fine with that. I don't well, even he, care, man. Right. Even if you just get like four seasons, even just if you just went like, episode of the week of them going to different timelines yeah. and sol- yes. solving oh, mysteries. Gosh. Like oh gosh, that'd be, be fantastic. Great. It would never get old. No, it wouldn't. Yeah. That would be, that would be phenomenal. But yeah, I, I think that continues to be an awesome part of, of season, uh, season two. And man, like I, I said it many times through season one, when you're reviewing that. And after my rewatch too, Tom Hiddleston, like this guy is a phenomenal actor. Like he is, he's the cream of the crop. Like at, now that we don't have, you know, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, you know, and we do technically still have Chris Hemsworth as Thor until he's officially, you know, done or whatever. But like, I feel like Tom Hiddleston's like the best actor in the MCU right now. Like he's, he is so good. And even going back to like Avengers, like just how he was acting then and how he kind of still like he's evolving through Loki, you know, like he's kind of becoming softer. He's becoming less of a villain. But then you get that scene in uh, episode two where he like starts boxing up Brad. And yeah. it's like, oh, this is villain Loki. We get villain right. Loki back again. All right. right. That was awesome. I was like, yes. All right. Give me that. Cause like, despite everything that Loki's been through in these seasons, he's still a bad guy. I mean, they're, they're making, they're trying to push really hard that like, he's not a bad guy. He just made bad decisions, blah, blah, blah. But like, he's the God of mischief. Like, you know, he's, he's a bad guy. So I like that they kind of flash back to him being a bad guy in there. And you can still be a bad guy and save the universe. Yeah. I mean, I'll, you can be a bad guy if, you, if there's no universe to be a bad guy in. So all that makes me think of is that scene from Wreck-It Ralph when they're having the bad guy meeting. Yes. It's like, yeah. just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean no, you're a bad, bad guy. guy. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. That's, that yeah, is that's so Loki true. needs somebody to make that. Draw that Loki, picture in there. Loki, yeah, Loki needs to be in there. Be in the bad guys uh, therapy group or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. So good. But, yeah, I, I think their relationship is awesome. Um, so, okay. Now, moving on a little bit, I think this is beginning of episode two. We finally, because episode one, we only see a very, very short clip of Sylvie at the very end. When um, basically Loki's trying to save, you know, the TVA and he's got to get pruned. That was a really wacky way to end that episode. That was that was wild. So he's got to get pruned and he like goes back to, oh no, I think he's in the future, right? Yeah, he's in the future of the TVA, mm-hmm. according to what they're saying. And 
he gets pruned. But as he's getting pruned, he opens the elevator and Sylvie's right there. And she's just like, oh, where have you been? Like she like she's been there all along. And it's like that was the only shot we got of Sylvie the whole time. We're like the whole time. We're like, what? Where is Sylvie in this? Where is she? And then she shows up in the future and we're like, oh, wow. What an ending to that episode. Right. So we finally show up in in episode two and she's working at a McDonald's in 1982. <laughs> and we actually had a ton of like promos with like old school McDonald's yep, yep. showing up at a McDonald's. So this was, I thought, a really cool setting. I, I love when they are calling back to these different time periods and stuff like that. This is why a buddy cop series with Owen Wilson and Loki would be fantastic just show them going to all these different like time periods and yep. and like just messing around in those timelines <laughs> oh my gosh that would be awesome so we get sylvie back again um what did you think of her reintroduction and she eventually gets roped back into going to back to the tva how do you think we get to that point at the end of episode one back again that's a great question like i don't know if you felt this I kind of had this feeling of watching going from what we had at the end of one, then into two. I felt between those two episodes, it almost had a feeling it was a little disjointed. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why it just felt like the episodes weren't connected together fluidly. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Like it just felt like season one or, you know, it ended season one. You had this, the premiere of season two and it just took off right from there. Right. Everything kept going, kept going great all through that. And then you hit that the end of episode one and then you get the start of season, you know, episode two and it just felt like it it didn't line up correctly. Yeah. And, and And, I, I I think I know where you're coming from because the intro in this second season is actually when they're in Brad's like timeline or whatever, right. Tracking him down. So that part was like, oh, what are we doing here? Right. Like, what? Is, well, because especially when you knew of the whole of Loki getting pruned, but then you also had the whole bit of at the end of season one of the other chick from the TVA when they were, she was setting all those people yeah, out. Right. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're just, I, I just, I felt like there was too much like off screen advancement. Right. And I was just like, yeah, so it, took, it, it, it took me a little bit to kind of, kind of get re seated on everything that was going on because i was just like that just felt like a little bit of a disjointing storytelling i agree i think i i enjoyed that first the premiere episode a little bit better than the the second one for sure too but what we did get in that first episode carrying on to, to the second one that we haven't talked about yet is uh ouroboros ouroboros which is uh, gosh, I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, Kihu Kwan. Kihu Kwan. Uh, he comes back, or comes, I shouldn't say comes back. This is his intro, introduction in the MCU, and then they call him OB, which I will henceforth refer to him as because it's way easier than <laughs> or, or Boros. <laughs> so, but man, Kihu Kwan is just a phenomenal entrant to the MCU. Like, I, I, thoroughly enjoyed him in his role that he's in. He's just, he's so funny. He brings an awesome energy to episode one specifically. 
Um, but like anytime he shows up, I just like I feel like I have joy in my heart when I see him. <laughs> on so it's so fun to see him in this role. And I mentioned um, what when that first episode aired, I was like, this could be our new Trinity in the MCU. We could have Tom Hiddleston as Loki, Owen Wilson as Mobius, and Kihu Kwan as as Obi. Like <laughs> if that's the focus of the MCU moving forward, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Oh, those guys were just so fun to watch in that first episode. What did you think of Yihu Kwan? Oh, yeah, just like everything you said, like, it was a fantastic addition. Like, he's so fun to watch. Just everything, like, he does, like, he just brings that energy that you're just like... He brings he that short-round energy, man. Like, right. He, he, like, you could go back to Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, and he still... Seems like he's the same kid. <laughs> it's right. amazing. It's just yeah. It. It's just got that that joy, and like yeah. you just can't help but kind of smile. And he's just kind of that quirky, the way too smart to well, like what are you doing here? Just yeah. the like it just it's fun. He yeah. stole every scene he's in. Absolutely, like it, yeah. He's so so fun. yeah. Have you, have you watched everything everywhere all at once? Scene? Yes. Okay. Like fantastic and. and I he he came on. Um, I don't know. I I want to say he came on so strong, but he actually didn't in that movie. Like he seemed like he was such a minor supporting role until like the very end when he just becomes that guy who's pushing um, the main character who I'm I'm blanking on to like do everything she's doing. And man, he's so inspirational in that movie. Like it's just. It's again, and he plays the same role where like, you know, she kind of thinks like, ah, he's kind of just lame and he's just lost it over the years type of thing. And he he comes back at the end of that movie and every everything he says is just like pushing her to do be better and do like the bet the best thing she possibly can. Like that was such an amazing movie. That was I think. Was that last year? Oh, was that last year? I don't remember if it was last year or two years ago, but that was yeah. my number one movie of whatever year it came out because it was it was fantastic. I love that movie so much. But yeah, he, he keeps the same energy. He's just like such a happy, positive person that it just like bleeds into his roles, I guess. But yeah, I think him as uh, OB is probably my favorite thing about season two so far. And the fact that he's like been around for thousands of years at the, the TVA, right. like that was a really cool part was when Loki's time slipping. He time slips back to they said they mentioned like 400 years ago or something like that. And he goes to OB and he's like, hey. I'm time slipping and OB says the exact same thing that he does in the future. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, well, Hey, help me make this thing so we can like figure this out. And then he makes it. And then 400 years later, he's like, Oh wait, I yeah, got that. Yeah. Actually, I do remember that, that. That whole scene was brilliantly done. Oh, brilliant. And like, I feel like time travel can be so, um, timey, wimey, wishy washy in like movies and TV and stuff like that. But like, all everything about that I absolutely loved. I was like, this is this is amazing. <laughs> oh yeah. So much fun. It was it was so fun. Yeah, I, I think definitely he's been the the best. He's been like you said, he steals the sh- 
the show in every scene that he's in. So I think he's been my favorite part of season two for sure. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, let's see, just go back to my, my plot page here. So we get Brad, um, end up making him, uh, try to talk to figure out what's going on. We get villain Loki, uh, not quite like he didn't go to the length of actually um, hurting Brad, but like you kind of thought he might have if uh, if Brad didn't just immediately talk. <laughs> Brad's so <laughs> sure that Loki isn't going to do anything that he just when he actually does start doing something, he's like, oh, OK, OK, fine. <laughs> I'll tell you everything. But Brad, that was, I think I know what you're talking about, though, because like going from, is it X5 is Brad's name? Like, he's like a nobody character. They mention him in that first episode and like he shows up and he's just kind of there in the background. And then all of a sudden he's like a main character in episode two. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh not well, sure that's what, where that that's, came from. Right. But. Like that's what tied into kind of that confusion part of it. Like it, it just seemed some of that disjointedness between those two episodes. Cause you're like, wait a second. He was just, he's suddenly the focus now and they're yeah. suddenly tracking. You're just like, it, it's what it's kind of just that movie type stuff that you're just like, all right, you're kind of confused for 15 minutes, but then they kind of like reestablish the plot and the story and you're back in. It's fine, whatever. Yeah. But like that for those gloss over it. Right. For those 15 minutes, you're like, and and then of course with the nature of the show, you're like, is that done on purpose? And we're going to get something revealed later on that that was intentional or was this just like a rough patch in the writing? Yeah. Right. I'm not sure. Maybe it'll come back to, you know, be important later on but it did seem like a little odd detour for sure and another thing that i'm like kind of getting odd vibes of is b15 like i'm not i'm not really sure how she flipped so hard from being like a like a high-ranking you know person that's pruning anybody and everybody and then all of a sudden now she's like the savior of the timelines and is like crying when timelines are getting pruned in that episode two. And I'm like, that seems like a really hard flip <laughs> right? From, from being that person who did not care one bit at all and was doing her job because she almost seemed like she liked doing it to to suddenly be, those are people like, yeah, yeah, like those are people. what? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, that, that was a kind of interesting flip, too. And I'm not sure, like, I've heard some people say, like, they don't trust her and they don't think she's fully on board and she might have still her own, like, motivations. I don't I don't know if I'm to that point. Like, it just seems like they really want her to be a good guy for some reason. So well, that's what just makes it weird with this, the whole show. Because it's like, you could say that with anyone. That's true. Like, with yeah. all the time, like, like there's another <laughs> deep cut theory that i saw someone saying online of just to throw it off that the ob is the ultimate bad guy of the season oh, oh my gosh if like, he made a flip right, as a right. bad guy like could you okay. like i honestly like, well, wouldn't hate that though so right you're just like um okay but you're just like you're at the point you're like i you don't really have anything to refute it yeah, because you right. don't know, like it could right. go anywhere with any of these characters. Yeah, 
yeah, at this point, it's so early to tell. And I do we have only six episodes this season again? Let me let me just check. I that think out so. Or did they bump this to eight too? Well, let's find out. It says well, oh, it says two seasons though. So yeah, it says there's only six episodes six. In this season. So yeah, I, I mean we were. I mean after tonight, we'll be halfway through. So. But, like, it's so hard to know, like, with these Marvel shows, they've been cramming so much in them that, like, you get to episode five and you're like, how the heck are they going to wrap this all up? So, like, even being halfway through the season, we might have zero inkling to how this season is going to end. So, um, so we'll find out. Ooh, okay. Minor note here, Zane. I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, the episode slate on IMDb. Um, there's been some reviews coming through for season oh, cool. two, episode three. And as of right now, 8.50 p.m. Central Time, the episode just aired like 50 minutes ago, started airing. And season two, episode three has a rating of 9.7 on IMDb out of Dang. 91 ratings. So that's still like... Oh, wow. It's still very low ratings, but 9.7 so far. That's this might be a banger of an episode. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll find out. But uh, yeah, Zane and I are probably going to go watch that and Gen V like right after this. <laughs> right. <laughs> Getting time recording this episode. So, uh, but yeah, a lot of, lot of amazing things to look forward to in Loki. Um, what would you rank or rate, excuse me, episode one and episode two? Go ahead and do them. You can just go do them. Um, do them separately, but like one right after the other. Um, I'm going to give episode one a six out of six, just because it still kept me engaged. It didn't take like long to pick up the, the pace from the season finale. Like it got everything going, got you up to speed, did everything it needed to do, reestablished stuff. And it was just like, it's still that fun. It captured the mystery of like, Hey, you got all these timelines. What's going on? Loki's time skipping. You got, great animations on stuff so i'll give that a six out of six um episode two though we're gonna pull that back um it really just because of the disjointedness on the front it really threw me for a loop so i'm gonna go to like a 4.5 for episode two um like i said the the back half that episode is fine like it's way better it's just that front part like i said it just feels like it just didn't match well with how episode one ended going into episode two Right. Yeah. So really, I'm going to give it a knock on that Mm -hmm. because that front part, you're just I felt like that should have been done better. Yeah, I'm going to echo what you're saying about uh, episode one for sure. Six out of six. That intro of OB is legendary. That scene Um, definitely going to be one of my favorite scenes in in Marvel TV, especially moving forward. Um, So that one's a six out of six. I think I'm a little bit higher on that one. I, I'll give it a five out of six. It's definitely not perfect. And I do think you are onto something. It was a little distracting, but I do. I want to give it a little bit of grace because I feel like um, it was a decent episode. And because I feel like now that I've rewatched episode or the season one, I feel like they have a they do have a plan. So I'm going to just trust that the writers are they did that for a reason. I'm not sure yet. You know, 
we'll come back to this after the season it, is over and maybe fair. I'll change that. Who knows? <laughs> but but I, so far it didn't bug me enough to, to really drop it down any further. So five out of six on that one definitely was still like a fun Loki episode. Nothing like too crazy bonkers going on. So five out of six for me, but yeah, definitely lots of cool stuff looking forward to um, stay tuned. We are going to be reviewing Loki as long as it comes out here. So next week um, we're going to be reviewing probably episodes three and four. And then, uh, well, maybe we'll see. I, I don't know. It depends on what time we record next. next yeah. week. And then uh, we'll potentially go um, episode by episode after that. So, uh, but yeah, stay tuned uh, for more Loki reviews. You ready to get into Ahsoka, Zane? Absolutely. All right. Um, Ahsoka finally getting around to reviewing the finale episode and kind of give a, a little brief uh, season recap here. Um, but, I mean, Zane and I have been singing the show's praises for the whole season. Like, it's it's a phenomenal season of television We'll get into the actual our actual ratings um, after a while here. But episode eight, um, just getting the info up here. Episode eight, the Jedi, the witch and the warlord. Kind of a nice little play on uh, uh, C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we we finally get the kind of the final confrontation, final battle uh, between um, Ezra, Sabine, and Ahsoka um, coming up to try to stop Thrawn. Um, I guess we'll give an official spoiler warning again here. If you had listened to Loki, hadn't listened to this one, make sure you have watched the last episode of Ahsoka before listen to this so here we go unsuccessfully that's what i was going to say that was a spoiler they don't stop throwing from it (laughs) (laughs) oh what i've said this whole season is that thrawn at the very end of the episode is going to come back to the main universe which he does um but we did have some quite interesting developments in in this episode um so we finally get confirmation of the night troopers there's still some wishy-washy stuff going on here so okay we get the night troopers um resurrecting as zombies to me it was not really clear if they were zombies prior to being resurrected they seemed like they were normal troopers what do you think about that saying do you think they were troopers before, like normal dudes that got resurrected by the night mothers or do you think they were already zombies and they're just resurrecting them again? I mean, it seemed way more like they were actual troopers right. already. But I think that's also kind of the point that, like, I mean, it's that dark magic. Like, it, right. it, they could have been. But, like, I think they kind of did enough to differentiate that, like, you could tell when it was a zombie compared to not. And so I, I think I would have to lean towards them being like they're troopers. And then, yeah, they all got reanimated because yeah, then they I were think, very I think I'm much with zombies. you on that, too, because like then when they come up to the like big like platform or whatever, and they have that kind of final showdown with the death troopers, the death troopers are definitely zombies. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're zo- they yeah. Blow, blow their helmets off and it's a zombie. Yep. <laughs> so that was cool. I like that yeah. they did that. They showed the zombie face, but that means he def- part of his army is definitely already zombies. Right. But they made such a big deal of resurrecting the night troopers that went down there that it makes me think that those guys were actual real, real troopers. Like, why would you make a big deal of resurrecting guys that were already zombies? I, I just that that wouldn't make sense to me. Well, I, I guess, mean, e- but either way, I guess that's the whole point of that magic. Just like whether they're alive or mm-hmm. already zombies. Yeah. The whole point is that you can keep resurrecting them like you yeah. have an, an army that in essence yeah. can't be Never completely stops. killed because you can just keep resurrecting them. Right. You know. Yeah, but that was that was cool that we finally got confirmation of zombie troopers. We have zombies in Star Wars. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> I, awesome. It's awesome. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I've been hearing some people complain about like the Night Sister storyline being such a big part of this season, even though it really hasn't been explained or brought up in live action before. But I think they. I don't know. It is hard because like this whole season has been like a lot of just going and expecting you to know who these people are and like their, their backgrounds and stuff like that. So yeah, I guess if you have zero, if you never watched the animated shows, you haven't seen a whole lot. And like, if you haven't played the games, you haven't played like fallen order and Jedi survivor, you might not know anything about these and that might weird you out. But either way, zombies and Star Wars is still pretty cool. So right. I'm okay with it. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, you got this big, huge universe of all this stuff. Like, yeah, why can't it have zombies? Now, granted, yeah, it's not your classic zombie. Yeah, they're being resurrected by men. But it's just still like, mm-hmm. wh- why not? Like, yeah. combine it. Like, it's, it's what we're here for, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that part was really cool. Um no complaints about zombie troopers. I, I liked how they changed too from like looking like normal troopers to when they got resurrected. They had like that green glow in their they eyes. The green glow. Like they had like the zombie, zombie shuffle, yeah, right? Shuffle. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was cool. awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of really cool things. Cool final showdown. I felt like, um, and then uh, actually early in this episode, I think the night mothers uh, basically make uh, what's her face a true night sister is that kind of what you got the vibes of or like the th- it's weird because like they're translating different into live action than than they look in animated so i'm i'm still a little fuzzy on like the exact details morgan morgan elsbeth that's who it's yes yes um but like so the night mothers have this like kind of like dark makeup on their eyes it's like kind of ill-defined like shadows on their face whereas like you look at the night sisters in animation they have very defined like tattoos and like markings on their face so they're they're different and they they call them night mothers like in this because they're powerful like supposedly descendants or stuff of this race right so that makes sense but they make it seems like they make morgan a night mother because they give her the same markings that they have which to me is like, oh, she's just this, like she barely even has night sister powers, but they're just giving her full night mother powers now. I don't know. That part felt a little weird to me. Like, I don't know. And it is because 
it's not been seen in live action before. I wonder if that's why they did it that way, just to like for continuity's sake. Like, hey, right. they're night mothers. Now they're making her like her. Like, right. That makes sense to me. But at the same time, being a nerd animated like Star Wars fan that's watched those shows, I was like, what? What? What's going on? <laughs> makes me want to pick apart some of that stuff. But right. Well, I suppose part of that too is just like they kind of had the. I at least I guess I kind of take that they kind of had to make her like them because I felt like that's also what gave her access to like control the army true to resurrect to resurrect because like they did the ritual to like resurrect but like I I feel like she needed that because obviously that whole final fight's going on and stuff and all that's happening clearly Morgan Elizabeth is controlling all of them yeah so I, I think that's what part of that was to be like hey you're not in our club to control all the zombie troopers. Let's <laughs> yeah. make you part of the club. But You're at the same the time, now. right. Even with all the night sister stuff, like, you know, we got like glimpses of that. Cause I mean, even from uh, like in clone wars, like mother Talzin wasn't the, the mother. Like you go back in some yeah. of the other episodes, like she was just a regular night sister. Right. And yeah, then and, went through all the that, stuff to become yeah, that's the what mother. I was going to say that like these night mothers, supposedly seem to be either originators or like descendants or, or ancestors, I should say, not descendants of the night sisters that we know in the current universe. So I don't know. We don't know how time works between these galaxies and stuff like that. Like maybe, you know, when all the night sisters emigrated to the main star Wars universe and to Dathomir, Maybe over the years they've like changed and like adapted, you know, to right. to whatever their environment and like whatever they've got going on too. So it could just be that like the night mothers are just night sisters, and you know, obviously they're probably more powerful than the average night sister because they're kind of the originators of their right of their race or whatever. But you know, it, it, they might not be so much different. It's just they're I mean, they're in a different galaxy. They might be different. Who knows? So, yeah, I don't know. I, that part was just, I just noticed that and I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But you mentioned Mother Talzin. She gets the Blade of Talzin, which yep, is a kind of a was, cool uh, yep. callback to, um, was that, that's Clone Wars, right? Or is that? Yeah. Is that Rebels? Yeah, that's Clone Wars. That's Clone is Wars. There, is, there, is there Night Sister stuff in Rebels at all? I'm like um, trying to remember if that's a callback at all, but I, I don't recall. I don't think it's in Rebels because I feel all, like the, most feel of like, it's in Clone Wars for sure. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure the whole kind of the Night Sister stuff is kind of wrapped up by the time you get into Rebels. Yeah, right. Because yeah, because like Mother Talzin isn't around anymore. Yep. But I suppose there's the Night Sisters and everything still on Dathomir. I guess they just didn't have a mother mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. So here's another question: How did the Blade of Talzin get to the other galaxy? With the night mothers there, um, that's a question for me. Dark, dark magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. I mean, that, well, because well, totally well, at the same time, dude, like that's exactly how Mother Talzin made the 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 weapon she gives Savage a press in the Clone Wars. Yeah, she, it just mm-hmm. materializes it out of the dark magic. So it's just like right. it's not necessarily that it's like. Oh, this is some sort of pocket dimension. <laughs> like, right, yeah. it could just legit like they're using magic to create it. Yeah. And like, yeah, and 
you know, since this is the first is coming to live action, you know, it could just be that the nerdy reference mother, you know, the whole Talzin reference, yeah. but like maybe the blade is just, Hey, they just call those. Yeah. Maybe Talzin, it's just accessible you know. for, for night sisters or whatever, or, or if right. you've been gifted it, that it's accessible for you or whatever. Or, or right. Or it's a known thing that just, Hey, it just got named after her. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, it, right. Real ticky tack, but like still right. so cool that they, they're making all these ref- references and, and, I was all for it. And it was a sweet like battle between Ahsoka and and, uh, Morgan Elspeth again. So um, I will say though, I think overall Rosario Dawson, like I think she did a great job as Ahsoka, like live action personification about as close as you could come to, you know, what we would imagine an older Ahsoka being. But I will say, I do think, a lot of her lightsaber movements seem pretty stiff to me. Like choreography was pretty good. Really liked that whole fight scene and all of the fight scenes that she's been a part of. Um, she does a really good job of, you know, doing what she's learned and doing what she's told to do. I just feel like you, you go back and you watch those prequel like lightsaber fights, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen are so fluid in like what they're doing. Like they're just, they, they look like, they've been doing it their whole lives and Rosario I feel like didn't really look like that another ticky tack thing because the fight was still really cool but I, right. I saw some people on Twitter saying like this is the best fight ever in Star Wars and I was like mm, I wouldn't go that far it was cool I mean, it was very well done but I think that's part of it like I mean also like she's fighting with two blades instead yeah of one, that's true and like which yeah. that takes a lot more coordination and you, I suppose you're looking at two Rosario Dawson. She's what in her forties and got 50 by now, or dang near 50. Whereas back when they did That's those pre prequels, Hayden Christensen was twenties and they're yeah. probably what twenties, both of them. Yeah, Maybe one was right. early twenties. One was late twenties. So like you're going to get way more athleticism when someone's younger. You oh, yeah, know what I she mean? She's only, She's only 44. I was thinking she was like almost 50. Dang. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, she, she, that's, yeah, a, that's a far cry. If, you know, even, even still, if they're yeah, mid 20s, I, I, that's 20 I get what you're saying because so. you go back to that Obi Wan um, fight between uh, Vader and Obi Wan in the Obi Wan show. In, right. Like the lightsaber fight itself is not really impressive. The, the awesome part about that fight is like the, the colors from the lightsaber on that on that like kind of gray background Mm -hmm. you see Hayden Christensen's face in the Darth Vader mask. Like it's the emotional part of that fight that that makes that fight so good. It's not necessarily like the amazing lightsaber duel, you know, type stuff. So I I think there's an element of that to this too, because it's, it's personal for both of them because they've both, you know, already fought each other um, and, you know, kind of been, facing off this whole time so you definitely feel the emotion with rosario dawson that's what i'll, I'll mm-hmm. say i definitely appreciate the the job that she's done as ahsoka so um but yeah pretty cool showdown she i this is another really ticky tack thing zane but i feel like star wars has gotten soft in how they kill people like i feel like every execution we've gotten by lightsaber in these Disney plus shows is just a slash across the chest. Like, come on, B 
behead somebody. I, like, give I, me something. I, I mean, like, true. Uh, I mean, we technically did get a beheading. It was behind that pillar. But, like, that that also increases the rating. That's true. Uh, of the TV I'm fine rating. with it. And, I don't care. Well, right. But, like, if they're going for other audiences or if they have certain criteria they're trying to hit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're if they're trying to hit certain benchmarks, yeah, there's going to be some things that they can't include. Right. Yeah. And they and can't like, I mean, Star Wars has never shown blood though, too. Like it's never right. like, even with but the lightsaber deaths the, and stuff like that. They've especially never the whole blood. thing that is, you know, set around the family friendly and like, you can't have this, but then also of all the canon stuff, you, you can't have them like chopping off limbs and heads and then at the same time <laughs> Dude, you have they've this got, they've got that in star wars though that's the thing they don't they don't show it on screen what they do is they show them starting it and then you just right. hear, it cuts you hear a big whoosh and then you hear you see the limb fall on the floor like right I think it's i think it's a new hope when it's either a new hope or uh empire strikes Bat, or maybe even return, one of the original trilogy movies where where that like bar patron dude like comes up and messes with i think it's obi-wan yeah so it must be a new hope and obi-wan just like slices his hand off and the hand like falls on the floor but you see the decapitated hand on the floor that like, was also the that was also the 70s like <laughs> yeah so well in episode two dooku gets beheaded and you see his head roll on the floor that was the like, early 2000s. <laughs> okay. All right. This is the 2020s. Come on, man. Let's go. But anyways, that's another ticky tack thing. It does not change my rating at all. But like, come on. I want to see some like grody executions. But yeah, you're totally right, though. It probably does raise the rating and they, they can't call it family friendly anymore. But right. well, like Anakin beheading Dooku with two lightsabers. Like that was sweet. Come on. <laughs> that was awesome. That's like my I mean, ba- favorite wrong. part of is it Attack of the Clones or is that Revenge of the Sith? That's Revenge of the Sith because Attack of the Clones he gets yeah. beat by Dooku. Yeah, that's that's an amazing part of Attack or of Revenge of the Sith. So I don't know. Again, I've got a lot of little teeny ticky tack things. <laughs> Nothing that really changes my overall perspective of the show. But as a as a really, you know nerdy star wars fan i feel like the little things that i've picked up on so but anyway so we get to you know the final showdown as or sorry i was gonna say ezra sabine finally gets her force powers what did you think of the development of that was that too much to all at once that she like uh gets her force powers and then all of a sudden she gives the big force push to ezra to get on the ship or did you were you okay with that um I was okay because it was like I think so. The Star Wars fan base in general, and even like because what you've been saying, they people just love to nitpick and will whine and complain about everything. Uh, but I thought it was done well because even what you had from Rebels, and of course you don't get this unless you watch Rebels. E- even with Kanan's teaching, as you know, the forces in everything. Mm. Even Kanan said, like in Rebels, like you know, spoiler before he dies, that like Sabine was was basically having trouble accessing that because she was so conflicted. Right. Yeah. And you see that even throughout this whole entire series, and then you know, some people are like, "Oh my goodness, she could suddenly use her force powers." That's you know, that's so dumb. But well, no, she finally has 
the the source of the conflict isn't there anymore. She's right. finally back with Ezra. It's setting all this stuff right. Like she can finally have her mind clear to that. She didn't leave Ahsoka to run off. She came back like she's clear mind. Like right. that's kind of what it, she doesn't have. That's the symbolization. Can't lose, you know? Right. Exactly. She doesn't have that conflict anymore. And then for me on the force push one, like number one, it, it, it wasn't enough. Like Ezra yeah. definitely. So like you were already <laughs> like, it wasn't like a, a perfect thing, right. but also like, I figure like, if someone's beginning on a force power, it's going to be force push because you right. don't have to finesse it. You like, just, every, yeah, like every single just, Star Wars game, that's the first force. Right. Power it's you get, the, it's the first push. you get. Like, that's the right. first one. So because yeah, there's no totally finesse. Works. You just, you just, <laughs> right. You just yeet. Just so it's just like, yeah. that's yeah. why for me, it was just like, I, I, it actually makes sense. Like, it's not like, mm. it's not like, Oh, you know, Sabine, I need you to like, hold me in, place yeah. while i did like no it's just push like that's think, it you know the only the only complaint not even a complaint the only thing i'd say about that is i wish they would have like teased her force powers like maybe in an episode or two before that just like little tiny movements like the like the lightsaber initially you know when she's like gonna grab it when it started like just like flickering or whatever i wish we could have gotten maybe a taste of that or two in a couple other episodes See, I, not I, enough. I guess, not enough to move anything. Not enough to like. She's still frustrated because she can't use her force powers. But I feel like that would have made it a little bit more. I, I guess I'm me. on the, I'm on the opposite on end of that. I think it was well done for what it was because I think if she was able to wiggle it or the, the little bit, I think that would have been less of a focus on the conflict she was going through. Because as yeah, the show is Ahsoka and it's following that, but it, as much of it's Ahsoka, it's also Sabine. Right. And I mean, her they, journey, they made it very clear off. that she was also like you know she was also one of the main characters being developed in this show. So. Right. And like I feel like it would be somewhat disingenuous on that because like even like before they got to Pridia and with Ezra and everything, it's just like who Yang's there and like you are the worst Jedi <laughs> candidate I've yeah. ever seen. It's yeah. just like. Everything was against her, adding to that conflict, adding to that negativity. I felt like it kind of would have been somewhat of a betrayal if she could all of a sudden wiggle. So, you know, what I like, yeah. she had everything going against her. And then finally, stuff was starting to go right when she gets with back with Ezra, when all that started going on. And she finally gets to that point where she can start letting stuff go. Because I think, yeah. and so I think it had more of an impact that way. Okay. I, here's one thing that I thought prior to the finale episode that I I would have been okay with. I, I think, I don't know if it would have been a better path for her because ultimately I like where she's at. Like I, I, I think the finale was a good ending. But before the finale, I was like, man, what if, what if she just gave up on being a Jedi completely and just accepted herself for who she is, a badass Mandalorian who can get things done without the Force? What if she just gave up on all that and was like, oh, you know what? I'm fine with being who I actually am. And I was like, you know, if they did that, I wouldn't be bad. I think that would be a good like and I think that would be true to her character, too. But I think what she did was also true to her character. And I again, I'm fine with how it ended. But that was one thought I had before. I was like, I mean, if it if the resolution went the other way instead of going to be a Jedi 
but she's still got that character development. She still is good with where she's at. You know, you're almost in the same place, obviously in different sides of the spectrum with her being a Jedi and not being a Jedi. But I was like, oh, you know what? I, I think I'd be okay with that. But it ended pretty well. She made the, like you said, the decision to stay behind and help Ahsoka. Ahsoka and Sabine get stuck on Peridia. So what do you think is going to happen with that? Do they even get back to the main universe? Because obviously we know sequel trilogy, they don't seem to be around, which is also years down the road. So who knows what happens in between there. But do you think we get them coming back to the main universe to face down Thrawn for some, uh, like maybe the Filoni movie or something like that? I think so. Like it's got to be all that sets up for the movie because it's just like even with the sequel, like we don't see anything with Thrawn either. So it only makes sense that Thrawn gets taken out and it has to be from Ahsoka as, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's kind of the characters for the self-contained story. It's split up, but like they all come back together somehow. And like, I think that's what ends up tying into everything that Bale and Skull is off doing. That's going to be obviously the key to how they all get back into the main universe. That was the, man, that was the, the most sore ending i've had of a show for a long time like watching balin finally go like head towards his destiny and then knowing that we're not getting ray stevenson mm-hmm. back as as balin's school again oh that, that was that so sucked. sad but i do i love the character balin's school so i do hope they go ahead and like recast you know somebody else that i mean it, it's gonna be tough for them to live up to ray stevenson's portrayal as Balin school because yeah, he's legendary in this series, man. I, every episode me and you both were like, yeah, Balin skull. He's so mysterious and intriguing. And he was like the main thing in this whole series that we were focused on. I feel like, so the fact that we get him at the end heading towards potentially what you mentioned in episode 180 of the infinity bros podcast, Avaloth. Right. Is that the Abeloth? I think is what it's the, yeah. the name yeah. of it is. So we get Balin Skull standing on Epic. Oh my gosh. It was so cool when they panned up and it was like the Lord of the Rings giant yeah, the statues. Statue, right? And he's okay. <laughs> I was like, I was in awe of this whole Epic scene. But when I saw him standing on the finger, I was like, what are you? Why are you on the face? Like, why are you way up there? You're just going to have to go back and climb down right. the mountain. Walk again. all like, the way back around. You're going to walk all the way back, man. Why are you standing way out there? But even so, like, I don't even care because that was an awesome way to end that. That, that, uh, is, that was a that very, shot. it was a very epic shot. It was yeah. a, such a cool shot. But yeah, so he's, he's looking towards what, you know, it's got the father, the son, and the, the daughter, um, which, you know, was cool that, like, the daughter statue was like smashed up. Mm-hmm. Like it was, you know, you could tell this is well-worn. This is, uh, this is the star Wars stuff that I'm like, yes. Oh, I want to know more because this is all legendary stuff from, you know, that we learn about in clone wars. This is in another galaxy before mm-hmm. this series. We were like, Oh, is the force even going to work in the other galaxy? Like, we don't know how that's <laughs> going to work. Like these force like Jedi legends are true in this other galaxy. Like this is so cool. Ah, I love that we're getting confirmation of this kind of stuff. 
as a Star Wars right. fan, what a time to be alive. Oh, right. Just so much fun. I And I'm, I'm going to let you take it from here because you were the one that were like, this could be Abeloth. So right. that's the theory. If you if you want to know more about Abeloth, we won't spend a whole lot of time on it now. Go back to episode 180 of the Infamous Bros podcast and learn a little bit more about that. But, I mean, nothing that we said in that episode really can be disproven. Right. Like everything still holds. So what are your thoughts moving forward with Balin Skull and what he has in store? Well, I, well, that's the tough one because you're just like, they didn't really give enough to make a solid basis on anything there. Um, but they gave just enough to be like, hey, I think, you know, you're getting into this because you're like, because even you go back and you like, you watch those episodes from Clone Wars and the whole point was that the father had Anakin to come there because he didn't want to be the balance of the force anymore between the son and the daughter. And so the whole point was to have Anakin kill him. And then the Anakin would become the balance. So then there's all this like speculation on stuff that how the roles flipped. Cause then obviously if you haven't watched those episodes, they end up fighting. And then the, the son tries to basically overthrow the father, um, kills the sister um, and then Anakin ends up using the the dagger of the gods or the dagger of the ones or whatever the dagger's yeah, called. Dagger. Kills the father because then when the father dies, the father and, or the, the son and daughter also die because they're all connected because he's the balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they all disappear. But before the daughter dies, like she puts like her essence to resurrect Ahsoka. And then even after she dies... She takes the form of an owl. Mm-hmm. What do you see at the end of Ahsoka that flies, you know, that Ahsoka sees before she goes to overlook the, it's that owl. And I believe the owl's name's like Morai. 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 Yeah. And it's, that's what people speculate. Well, that's like the essence of what the daughter was. And so there's a lot of the speculation that that's kind of how the new setup's supposed to be is in a way, Anakin did become that balance. And now Ahsoka is going to be the representative of she's the new daughter. Mm-hmm. And even the whole thing of the white robes, the stat, you know, yeah, she's right. kind of that new representative of the daughter. And so now people are like, well, so then is Balin's skull supposed to be the representation of the sun? Is that how the force rebalances? Right. Like, or, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to go yeah, with from there. It's, but it's, you know, this is all complete wild speculation from us, as you right. are well aware of, of hearing on the Infinity Bros podcast. But the, the one thing about that theory to me is like the only way Balin fits into that sun role is if like they're literally waiting for somebody to come and take that role. Right. Because like Balin doesn't have any connection necessarily with. Anakin or Ahsoka, but I mean, in theory, who else is going to fill that role? You know, I, I, well, yeah, maybe, possibly. I mean, because be I mean, I mean, I guess when you look at that, that is like she was way more obsessed with like the power and everything. Right. And Balin yeah. was like, "Hey, calm down," and yeah. and obviously she's still there with. I mean, she's not with Balin because she went like joined back up with those raiders. Mm-hmm. But like Ahsoka and Sabine are there and so are Balin and Shin. Yeah. Right. And so like, you know, maybe that's they're, they're all maybe going to get back together the same way. Right. Well, I think that's the other part of it. in Because like, I don't think 
they all are they all aware that they're still there? Right. I yeah. I would assume maybe Ahsoka and Sabine know they're there, but I doubt Balin and Shin know they're still there. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It'll know. be interesting because they made it seem like Shin still has a part to play. Right. Like you know, Balin kind of releases her and sets her off on her own. In I think it's episode seven, yep. episode eight. All they have is her showing up to the bandits, so she joins up with the bandits. But they still showed that scene in anticipation. I'm assuming of her continuing as a as a right. pretty significant character in in this either Ahsoka episode or season two, or you know potentially moving into the Filoni movie. But just yeah, I, I don't know how that all is going to work out really intrigued. That still is the storyline that I'm like most in on, on this whole show, the Balin Shin Hadi. Like, right. I don't know what's going on with it, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> it's or be- I mean, at the same time too, you look at it, you're just like, even it, like it, I guess it's the decent job of what you say of like, they left it open-ended. You're yeah. just like, it, right. it, you're, you're not, closing their story so there's definitely more you can do with the character but at the same time you ended it enough that you're like you know where the character is yeah that it's just like it's like even it wouldn't take much exposition to get that character back into a timeline somewhere yeah like they just it it was well set up it might not have been the most satisfying of what's going on but it's well set up that they can be brought up to speed in Mm -hmm. few you know yeah i'm assuming the Filoni's movie. Yeah. Right. And that's, I mean, Filoni's movie has got to be the resolution to all this because oh right, I, there's been, there's never, they have not confirmed Ahsoka season two, but there's been so many people talking about it that I would be shocked if it doesn't happen. Cause I don't think you could really wrap up all these storylines that they've started and plus the Mandalorian and like all the stuff going on with all the other shows. I don't think you can wrap them up in one movie. Like there's got to be <laughs> right. a little there's bit so more much. resolution before you get one big bang movie that can resolve everything. So I don't know, man. It, like I'm assuming there's going to be a Ahsoka season two, but okay. Moment of truth saying season one. What did you think of the finale? Rate the finale. And what did you think of the season as a whole? Um, and rate that as well. Um, the finale. I'm going to give the finale a a 5.5. I think the finale is solid 5.5. And then I can look at it and say some of it's the nostalgia glasses. But I also think coming from watching Clone Wars and watching Rebels, it definitely has a much larger impact when you watch Ahsoka. Agreed. And from that lens and knowing that and seeing that story all play out and how that all connected... Like, I just, I can not give this show a six out of six. Like, and I know Floney said that too, that, hey, this is Rebel season five. And because, yeah, that's it, 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 live action that is a Rebel season five. But, like, it's it didn't miss that story. You can go from Clone Wars to Rebels to Ahsoka, and it's still a complete thread. Yeah. Like, you're still getting all of it. And I think right. that's very good storytelling when you can yeah. do that. When and you can I mentioned on a few different uh, episodes of the Infinity Rose podcast as well. If you showed me this script, I could absolutely see it as an animated season. Like, right? Like, I would have no qu- like question believing that this is an animated show. If you just showed me the script, 
you know, like, oh, yeah, it's, it, it played out like an animated show. So, yeah, it was Rebel season five. And I loved it for that. But I, I am on the same exact page as you, Zane. I think this finale was good. Um, it was fun. It, it wrapped up the storylines enough to be satisfying, but then also left us excited for more. Uh, but I don't think it necessarily was like the best episode of the season, like five and six to me still were just so stinking good. Like I can go right. back and watch those episodes out of, out of this whole season for sure. But I'd, I'd give this one a five out of six and the show as a whole, same as you. I, I just like, I don't know if I can in good conscience, give this a six out of six, just knowing that there's people out there watching this show confused about like what the heck is happening in with these characters and it it, again it was a great show i i think it was a show that did not blow my socks off though so i'm giving a 5.5 out of 6 my little teaser for this next segment is it is not my favorite disney plus star wars show so with that zane we're gonna do a quick top Five. We're going in three, 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 You're entering the top five on the Infinity Bros podcast. Starting now. So with Ahsoka coming out, we now have five live action Disney Plus shows. Zane and I are going to cap off this episode by ranking these shows in order of worst to best. I mean, Worst, I put in quotations because Zane and right. I probably have our worst show at like a five or five point five or something right. like that. So, because we're just big Star Wars shills. So, uh, but yeah. anyways, uh, so bottom to top, Zane. Um, should we go back and forth or just list off the whole list? What do you want to do? I mean, I yeah, either works. Back and forth. I feel like our lists are going to be pretty similar. So let's go. I was, was going to say, I feel like it's probably similar. Okay. Number five here. Um, mine is Book of Boba Fett. I'm assuming that's what it's you're saying. Yeah. Okay. It's Book yeah. of Boba so Fett. So I think I rated that one a 4.5 out of 6. It was still really fun. It had a lot of fun things in it. It's fun. The last three episodes are leagues better than the first three. So Amen. If, you're, I, if you're watching I, Book of Boba Fett, Maybe just skip to the last three episodes. You're not, <laughs> you honestly, you're not, you're not really <laughs> you missing much could. in the first three. But and and the last three episodes honestly play as like a Mandalorian season two point five. Right, they're so, just so much fun. Like, yeah, they're they're a lot of fun. They do a lot of fun things that I know you in our review compared Book of Boba Fett that last episode where Boba Fett is riding the Rancor. It felt right. a lot right. like a monster movie. You know, right? <laughs> like, you're just like it's just cool. Like yeah, it's just fun. They did some fun it's stuff. Just, it, it was it, just not a very cohesive show as a whole. Right. Is what it well, comes down to. To me on that, like we said, like, oh my goodness, we have zombies in Star Wars. Like, yeah. oh, we zombies too. But it's just like, as your kid, what's the coolest thing is you're playing with your Star Wars toys. I'm going to have this guy ride on the Rancor and you're going to fight. And you're just like, <laughs> yeah. it just felt like your kids grabbing toys out of toy box. And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's wild. It, that's yeah. Give me that. That's what I right. want to see in Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> yep. I agree. So number five, both of us book will fit. Number four. What is yours? Number four. I'll, you can go first this time. My number four is Kenobi. Same. Are we going to, I don't, I think we might have a different one and two though. We'll, we'll find out, but my same is Kenobi. 
I love this show because I love Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's my favorite Star Wars character of all time. And I am just so jazzed that we got him back as Obi-Wan for this show. But there were a lot of weird things about this show. Most notably, they had like, and young Leia was fantastic, but like they did some weird things. Like they had that weird chase scene yeah. with <laughs> with like the bandits and they made it this big deal. And it was like, why are we watching this eight-year-old run away from a bunch of adults? <laughs> like this is weird. <laughs> right. And, and you know, I, I feel like that was another show that maybe didn't flow quite as well as as other shows but Hayden Christensen and and uh Ewan McGregor and Obi-Wan Kenobi ah chef's kiss it was so fun to see them together 100% yeah do you have anything to add on Kenobi well I think Kenobi is the epitome of that show that like there's the the show itself was forgettable but it had very awesome moments that those yes. are the moments you're going to want to go and rewatch right. the, that final fight. Like you kind of talked earlier, the, the, the gray setting, but you got the light of the lightsabers that fight as they're like throwing boulders at like awesome I'm like, fight. I'm getting boost. Right. I'm just like thinking about it. Right. right. Like just <laughs> so watching, good. just watching that alone or even earlier in the, when the rebels go to escape and Vader walks in and he just grabs the shuttle with the four. Like that is a sweet star Wars moment. Yeah. Like that's sort of like it has so sweet moments, but the series in general, for the most of it, you're just like it's just forgettable. You're just yeah. like yeah, but it has the really cool moments. Right. Yep, totally with you right there. All right, number three, my number three is maybe this is where we start to differ. I don't know. We'll find out. My number three is actually Ahsoka. Oh no, this is where we're different. Okay, all right, we're different. My, Loved my, it. Uh, we've already talked about it a lot. I I think Ahsoka was fantastic, really fun. I just I can't put it above these, and I'm I'm pretty sure I know what your number three is because I don't think you liked it as much as I did. So go for it. Oh yeah, my number three is Andor. I, yeah, that's it's just I mean it's the only way because it's the the only the only two we have that are flipped on. <laughs> like yeah, right. it's just it's just it great show, super fun. Like it's fun to see the other stuff going on in the Star Wars universe, but at the same time, you're just like, it, it was well done for what it was, but at the same time, that's not, like, it didn't scream Star Wars to me. Good show, good content, great acting, but, like, you could set that in any universe for that show, and it would still be a good show. Right. Like, yeah. it, ju I just felt like it didn't have the the big things that you're like hey this is star wars right. it just didn't yeah. really have mm -hmm. that it had its own epic moments like right. you know but it didn't have the star wars moments or yeah. is the amount of star wars moments you'd want yeah gotcha gotcha all right number two you go ahead with your number two zane all right number two is ahsoka okay i said i feel like that's <laughs> that's where the flip was right like i said i you know Maybe part of that's nostalgia, but I just seeing the whole story, like I said, what you got from Clone Wars and through everything with Rebels, I just it's one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best spun stories we have in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And just the continuation, like, it, and it was just fun. Like I said, it's like watching Rebels season five, and it's just, it's fun. It's, it, it's a lot of fun. To kind of counter everything that I said with Andor, everything with Ahsoka, the, so much is like this is Star Wars. This is Star Wars. Right. This is Star Wars. This is what you're watching it for. Yeah. And that's what it gave me. And so I'm yeah. like, that's why 
for me, it's number two. Agreed. Yep. My number two, I'm actually going to shock you, Zane. My number two is the Mandalorian. Yeah. I absolutely love this show. And this is okay. This is splitting hairs big time because (laughs) the Mandalorian could very easily be number one in my book as well. I feel like season three is the reason why I have it number two right now. Still super enjoyable. Still loved it. But I don't I don't think season three was on par with season two and season one. It, it was just a slight decrease in interest to me um, for that season. I think they did a great job of wrapping everything up and still would rank season three probably higher than a lot of seasons of Star Wars TV. But The Mandalorian is my number two, which I've at least put Andor at number one. And your number one is the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah. So yeah. What number number one Mandalorian. You said Ahsoka was number two. I mean, that's a pretty significant difference. I feel like between Ahsoka and, and the Mandalorian for you. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Mandalorian kind of just still takes it with the bullet. Like it's still the number one. Like it's, it's not super close for one and two, but yeah, it, it yeah. it's definitely number one for Mandalorian. Yeah. So to me, I put Andor number one because because of the reason you mentioned, actually, this is such a good show that if you know nothing about Star Wars, you could still like this show. Like, I, I think it's that good that almost anybody could watch this and enjoy it. Um, and I, I think the one thing that proved that to me is that max's dad watched this and loved it <laughs> and i was like There's... if steve likes this right then literally anybody can like this show so but yeah i i think andor was fantastic i loved i and i do agree it didn't give you those big star wars moments but it had its own moments that man i i just think back to that one episode where you had the monologue from andy circus mm-hmm. and then like five minutes later you had the monologue from uh still what's his name stellan skarsgard stellan stellan skarsgard i think yeah but he both of those were so good and the whole show in itself was just phenomenal i as of right now that's my number one but like i said mandalorian and andor are just they're right on the same tier for me they're so so stinking good so that is our top five if you guys have any uh differences in your top five let us know. Hit us up on theinfamebros.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all the things. Um, all yeah. of it. Zane, thank you so much for hanging out with me, man. Yeah, it's always a fun time, you know. Always a wouldn't, time. wouldn't miss it. Stay tuned for Loki reviews from the Infinity Bros podcast coming up. Um, very excited to be coming um, at you guys at multiple different angles. Uh, with uh, Loki and Gen V probably coming up too. So, uh, yeah, thanks a lot for hanging out with us. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you so much for making us a part of your podcast experience. We love you 3000. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube at The Infinity Bros. Hey, you can also check out our website at theinfinitybros.com for links, reviews, and that sweet merch. Feel free to send listener feedback via social media 
or email us at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.